0: Things we'll never do again after 2020. You know, I've kept that. I've not I've kept one of them at least. I have not had Starbucks since the pandemic
1: that's started. A, that's applaudable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like shit, man.
1: But sometimes, I mean, if for coffee drinkers though, they have this extra spike of caffeine. And so it really clears the cobwebs in a way that other <laughs> coffee just doesn't seem to do.
0: That's how they get you. It's an mm-hmm. inferior tasting product, but for the delivery of the drug, Mwah.
1: Exactly. Hey Liz, happy holidays.
0: Happy holidays, Chris. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. You know, uh, every year I'm like, especially when Thanksgiving comes around, I'm like, Ooh, I think Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. And then sure. Christmas comes up and I'm like, mm, no, I think Christmas is still my favorite. Really? How are you feeling about it?
0: Um, I mean, I'm like stressed out of my mind, which is kind of my top of mind this week. Okay. But I'm curious because I, I too love Thanksgiving, but I never really have that shift where I'm like, oh, JK, Christmas is better. So what is it for you? Is it the Mariah Carey of it all or is there more than that?
1: It is the Mariah Carey of it all. (laughs) I don't think I've reached the stage of adulting where the holidays are this like insanely stressful time. Yo, Mm -hmm.
0: we have to talk about this.
1: It's been straight up Mariah for me, you know, Mm -hmm. and yes, yes, stressful here and there. But I haven't like transitioned into becoming the one that's like organizing and, you know, sending everything and doing everything Mm -hmm. it's happening Mm -hmm. it's happening but I'm still in the enjoyable phase of the holidays
0: yeah so (laughs) um I don't know what it is about this year I'm still trying to work that out but this year the holidays have been like out of my mind stressful and it seems like I am not alone in this like a lot of people that I'm talking to are just like this year for some reason has been brutal so, okay. I, I really appreciate what you said about being at the phase of life when the holidays are still enjoyable because like I, let's talk about that. So I'm curious, who do you buy presents for at this stage in your life?
1: That is a great question. Okay. Um, I've gone to joint gifts mm. as kid like as to our parents, basically. I We've fully transitioned And this has been a while, where Mm -hmm. it's just one joint gift from us to parents.
0: From us, meaning you and your sibling or you and your partner?
1: Me and my sibling.
0: Okay, amazing. Now
1: that partners are in the mix, it's just the the group, the joint effort is growing, but it's still one present. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) You have more teammates, more More brainstormers. That's That's great.
1: Yeah. Or Mm. I think in our case, it's just one person initiating and other people being like Venmo. (laughs) super efficient it's great stress stress. over yeah the the card is more important
0: sure the card's more
1: important right so there's that then with groups of friends it's become white elephant
0: yes okay
1: so it's really still just one gift
0: okay and like who are the groups of friends that you're doing white elephant with
1: um so my i have a college group of friends that we've been annually doing this
0: okay and at that at like your annual party or do you do it like long distance
1: so now because of covid we've transitioned to a virtual platform
0: okay white Amazing. elephant
1: online so we just did that a couple days ago what and how does well. that work so it's it's just white elephant um, but you're on a virtual platform and everyone submits a link to their gift oh
0: amazing right. so you
1: don't have to actually buy the gift you just submit a link like you just copy a link to the, say this is what i plan to buy okay and then and then you the virtual platform you you run the game uh-huh and then everybody ends up with a gift and then at that point you get you get the address of the person you have to send the gift for and then you just send it
0: amazing this is incredible
1: whiteelephantonline.com.
0: Oh my god. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm investigating this later. Okay.
1: I have to say though there's there is a downside because we we really made it a point because we've been meeting for this annual thing for every year since 2000 I'm going to say 2004. Incredible. Mm-hmm. So it's a on, long ongoing thing and you know we've always made it a point because we have like clusters of friends in Norcal and in SoCal mm-hmm. and we've made it a real point to, you know, someone hosts in SoCal, so everyone mm-hmm. comes down for that. Or everyone will... mm-hmm. Now with this virtual thing, there's very little motivation to travel or to do anything. So yeah. last couple of years, I mean, it's because of COVID, but I'm kind of seeing how convenient this is for everybody and uh-huh. how s- people still enjoy it. So I I think that this is going to become the norm.
0: This might be the beginning of the end of the annual party. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm. But I think generally white elephants have been godsends in terms of not having to, you know, think about multiple gifts for multiple yes.
0: people. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, totally. The White Elephant and the Secret Santa are game changers.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. like the big thing. So that's taking the stress off. I don't do holiday cards, um, and I'm not sure how stressful that is for people, but I don't do uh, – I've never done holiday cards before. Mm-hmm. Um And that's it. I think that's, oh yeah, my sibling, I have to, yeah, my my sister, I have to think about maybe a gift for my sister.
0: And then partner, do you do gifts?
1: Yes, yes, partner.
0: So you have partner, parents, group gift, sibling, and then one to a few white elephant situations. Okay, now this is a wholly manageable list,
1: (laughs) and I love this,
0: (laughs) and I remember these days with great fondness. So I had this realization that like having kids in school, not just having kids, but having kids in school exponentially increases the number of presents you need to get. So I have one child in preschool and one child in elementary school. For the preschooler, there are like 10 people who interact with him on a regular basis um, and I feel as somebody who is the beneficiary of their labor and care that I should get presents for all of them. uh on top of that, I'm pretty involved at the preschool, so like i i there's p- administrators who I work with regularly who I also feel like I need to get
1: presents for mm-hmm. individualized so type of gifts.
0: um, I have generally done one generic gift for everybody and then like a bigger one for their specific teacher
1: how excited do you get when you find the generic gift of the year that is just like the thing that's like this is the gift that i'm gifting everybody and it's awesome
0: you are asking 100 the right (laughs) questions because when it hits right it's great so like buying 12 presents i never feel like i have to like spend a ton. So like there was one year I was like I found like a fabulous lotion and I like paired it with a pineapple cake and I wrapped it really cute and I was like this is great perfect yeah. A plus. Last year inspiration did not hit. So I ended up I ended up getting like kind of these like generic coffee mugs for everybody that I filled with candy. I wasn't jazzed about it but like it was it was like a size it like it felt like a good size and the, for some reason the fact that it was filled with candy, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so no, the
1: a mug is good. A mug is good.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I. It wasn't like a, a name brand. I don't know. I felt like I could have. Eh, I could have done better, but I also didn't want to spend like five hundred dollars on this, right? Right. And then I was like, ooh, next year I'm gonna get everybody my favorite tea infuser because it has changed my life. It's a wire cutter pick. It's amazing. So I had that idea a year ago, and this year I got them. And I'm putting them together. I just don't have the same excitement about the tea infuser that I had last year. So I'm like, even though I, I I did fill it with candy again, I'm like, this is okay. This is okay.
1: I like the fact that you thought of this last year and held on to it until now. Oh that- yeah,
0: I wrote it in a note. The yeah. note had nothing on it except it said Christmas 2021, <laughs> preschool teachers, Finum tea infuser. Yeah. And so yeah. Anyway, so that's what I. D- and then I ha- so I have I have to wrap all these things individually. I like write everybody a note. And so like that is really the big kahuna when it comes to Mm -hmm. gifts. But then my older child is now in elementary school. And last year when we were virtual, virtual was terrible, but I just got one present for his teacher and that was it. Mm -hmm. But this year, he's got a teacher. He's got he goes to all of these specials. He's got like a music teacher and an art teacher and a gym teacher and a library librarian who he sees multiple times a week. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, I gotta get presents for all of them. And then even though I'd planned ahead, I still forgot people like I forgot that there's a teacher's aide in the classroom who also a lot of time with him. And then on the last day of school, I realized, oh, shit, like I wrote down that I needed to get a present for the bus driver for his bus driver, but then I never actually got one. And bless this bus driver, he gave, like, little goodie bags to every single kid on the bus. God. Like, so he came home with, like, crayons, coloring book, monster truck, ball. Like, I just couldn't believe it, especially because this bus driver, like, he has been, like, woefully overworked and underpaid all year. Like, there's been tons of news about, like, pandemic bus driver shortages, and I'm just like this dude does not need to do this. And I was just like, so moved by it. And also conversely, so shamed that I had not (sighs) gotten him anything. Nobody else at the bus stop did either, but I was just like, I did think about this, but I dropped the ball. So, um, I made multiple trips, like late at night after the kids went to bed being like, Oh shit, I have to get, this is, I forgot about this random person. Um, and, I have other friends who are like, oh, you're not like, my kids are not really doing lessons or sports right now because of COVID. But I have friends who are like, oh, we also had to get presents for a piano teacher and sports coaches and, 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 and I was just like, oh my God, I'm not ready. (laughs) I, I can barely keep this situation together. So on top of the like partner, parents, sibling My in-laws, thankfully, my in-laws do a secret Santa, and that is a game changer because there's, like, 10 of them. Um, And then, like, the few close friends that I do gifts with, like, it's, like, there is this now mountain of people who I know personally to varying degrees who I need to get presents for. So all this to say that I think this is, like, one huge component in making this year so stressful is that, like, there aren't just so many child adjacent people to shop for
1: okay i have so many questions okay please first question Uh huh. is this generally normal practice for parents that parents that you know do they do you like do they typically also provide gifts for teachers teachers aides and like school staff of their kids
0: these this or- is a great question I think there's a range. Uh I think there's some that that don't because they're like, I just cannot deal and I totally respect that as evidenced by the fact that this is like cripplingly stressful. Mm. Um, Some... Uh, some of my friends are part of like very organized classrooms that have like room parents who are like everybody chip in however much you want to chip in and then we will provide a giant gift card to the teacher and also siphon off parts for the various specials teachers and teachers. Wow. That's what the dream.
1: A service. Wow.
0: Truly, truly give them a key to the city. That is, <laughs> that is a gift, right? um. And then there are, and then yeah, I have a one of my good friends here used to be a teacher in a high school, and she was like, you know, special teachers always get shafted, and so I think that's why. I think maybe if I didn't know her, I would just be focused on the teacher and maybe the teacher's aide, but like because of her, I'm like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hit all of them. I think a lot of people just do gift cards, which I think is like honestly the play. It feels so impersonal, and I think there's like a, an old school part of me that feels like it feels like uh. That feels like it doesn't feel personal enough, but it's so much fucking work to, like, do the individual gift. And also, like, does a teacher really want 15 candles? Like, probably not. So it's very, it's very practical, you know? So... I don't know. Part of me is like, next year maybe we go to gift cards, but I also feel like with gift cards you have to spend more money because I feel like there's a threshold at right. which gift cards look cheap. Do you agree? Do you yeah, feel this way? Hundred percent. What is the threshold for you?
1: Ooh, I mean, cause it's it's so many. It so depends on how many people you're giving gifts to, right? Yes, so.
0: yes, yes. That's fair.
1: In that case, ten dollars, even ten dollars, can really rack up, right? But I think yeah. like per, like, if I'm talking about like a specific teacher that is the teacher of my child Mm -hmm. like i'm thinking 20 is minimum Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, gift card mm -hmm. i don't know is that too cheap is there inflation here i'm not really sure
0: i mean for my kid's teacher i spent i spent i I did a lot of cyber monday so i got like i would say 70 dollars worth of stuff for like 50.
1: i could see that for the teacher the main teacher the main teacher right and then and then you there are denominations that go beyond that right yes below that right
0: for sure for sure Um, for me, I feel like a $10 gift card to Target for somebody who teaches my kid, it does not feel like enough. You know what I mean? Right. And so I'm like, in that case, I should just buy something for $10 and then it feels like a better gift, even though the $10 is still more practical, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Can Can I ask another question?
0: please. Please.
1: How many gifts for your kids?
0: Oh, my God.
1: I, this is a very important question because I remember Christmases when I was a kid where mm-hmm. my parents, it was like a, an obscene amount of gifts. Like it's mm-hmm. not just from them, obviously, but mm-hmm. it'd be like, you know, like their friends would give. And so by the time I came down for Christmas, like uh-huh. our tree it, and and part of the great Christmas memory for me as a kid was the sheer amount of gifts. Mm, and so it's not wow. like I open one gift and Christmas is over, but it's like <laughs> I like line them up. I had like <laughs> the order in which I was going to open them. Like my parents, I think, especially when I was younger, had like this big surprise gift at the end of like the string of gifts. And so wow. that was like my Christmases growing up. And then eventually, I don't exactly know when that started to turn into one gift. hmm And how that transition was handled, but it was handled gracefully in that sense Mm. that I didn't feel gypped in any of these like (laughs) Christmases. Like, what the hell? Where's my seven gifts this year? So what is is the number here?
0: God, that is... Chris, you are asking all the right questions. So when our kids... Okay, when we lived in California, we traveled for every Christmas. We were always visiting one set of grandparents or the other and there were always aunts and uncles involved and the grandparents he he's the first grandchild on both sides so they just went like overboard so those years we actually got him very little because we knew that the grandparents would go overboard and we just didn't have to do Smart. much also we were flying so we were like we don't want to buy something that they're then going to have that we're going to have to then come bring back in our luggage right, right? so um We actually coasted on that for a very long time. And it wasn't until (laughs) the pandemic when all of a sudden it was just us, right? And we were like, if we want this to be meaningful, we kind of have to, we have to be, even though, you know, people sent stuff, which was very nice, but it wasn't quite the same as, you know, when we're at grandma and grandpa's house and like they have filled the tree. So last year was the year, the first year that we really were pretty extra about it. And like, I don't even, I don't, I honestly can't tell you how many, I want to say maybe we got like three big things for kids, for each kid. Uh-huh. Um, and then there was also stuff from grandparents and aunts and uncles, and you yeah. know, so plenty of things. Okay. And so this year, I feel like we're kind of, we've tried, we've kind of needed to recalibrate because we are going to my parents' house, who thankfully are only 45 minutes away. So we can bring anything we need to bring. So I feel like we have stuck with, I think we're getting them each three things that are like, medium size they're not big okay so like last year for example we got one of them a trampoline which was partially selfish because we were like if we're going to be inside covid all winter like we're going to need these kids to blow off some steam so (laughs) the trampoline is also for us (laughs) um but yeah that's a really good question and there are also like i have been i have learned the hard way too that like the kids their own tastes change and there comes a time when you just have to getting You just have to start getting them cooler shit whether or not you're ready for it. Yeah. Because um, when my older kid turned five and yeah. he came downstairs to like a stack of books, he was like, unhappy. Yeah.
1: That's like, that's like my whole, like, that's like me getting socks when I was, you know, yeah. and you have to pretend to be happy, but clearly not, you know? Yeah.
0: No, my kid, my five-year-old has no, had no defense mechanisms. Not
1: even <laughs> Poor guy. Um, like, I guess at what age? Cause I remember for me, the most salient gifts when I was young at that age or like around that age, maybe a little older, were like, Getting into the video game territory, right? Oh, so I still remember God. first grade was the Game Boy and the game, like opening. First
0: grade.
1: First grade. Wow, yeah.
0: dude. It was okay. a Game Boy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First grade. A- and I remember I've never felt that kind of exhilaration before uh-huh. because <laughs> the box is like so. Like it's so visceral, it's mm. so it's so tangible. So it's so like you open it, and it everything looks new, right? Like mm-hmm. it's in its packaging, it's in that plastic. Mm-hmm. You stick it in, you turn it on, and like the screen glows, and you're just like, whoa, wow. And then I remember one year, I think this was probably second or third grade. The big surprise, the unveil, was a computer
0: whoa like a
1: desktop computer and it, uh-huh. it was like you know those floppy disk type things oh and my god yeah i thought my parents are just the best this is, <laughs> this is and they didn't know how to wrap the thing so it was just like kind of hiding in plain view it was just uh-huh. like behind some tissue paper <laughs> which i somehow managed not to see because it was just too outside my scope of imagination that this wow could be possible.
0: oh my god
1: and then And then, uh, and then of course the the game consoles. So there was a one year was a Super Nintendo, Uh another year was a N sixty four. Wow. And then one year there was a Sega Genesis in there too, but that was short lived. That that didn't last as long. But those two, the Nintendos, were like massive Christmas moments for me.
0: Yeah.
1: So like, when is the right age for? I mean, I don't know if you're gonna if he's your your five-year-old's into video games at all or if like classmates are if it's too early but is that on the horizon that's a
0: really good question i mean the reason i sounded so shocked when you said you got a game boy when you were six is like i i my kid is in first grade my kid is six and so i'm like i i can't imagine giving him a game boy although i did give him the tamagotchi that i got in a in a white elephant and he loves this tamagotchi
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I don't really know how this is gonna go because I am personally not a huge video game console like devotee, and I would like kind of rather that my kid like not do it, but then I'm also like, you know, my spouse like has very fond memories of like playing video games with his friends. Right. So I'm like, I also, I want him to be able to be a part of that. So I don't know. I don't know when that starts. It feels a little early for me, Mm -hmm. but um, Yeah. And that's, like, a whole other question. Like, do you buy things that, like, you're not crazy about, but, you know, that they would really like, you know? I don't know. Right. Like, at
1: some point, there's going to be a whole iPhone gift at some point, right?
0: Oh, Jesus. Or,
1: like, an iPad or, like, some whatever, like, in the future, it's going to be some VR thing, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. An Oculus. Right. What an Oculus, mom. Um. No, that's the thing that's going to be crazy, and what's going to be crazy, it's going to come much sooner than I expect it to. Because yeah. I remember I worked um, like ten years ago. I had friends who said that their like sixth grader was like, "Can I have an iPhone?" And I was like, "The hell!" Like that is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. But apparently, there were a lot of other sixth graders who had iPhones enough that he asked for one. So yeah,
1: when did I get? So my first phone was a Nokia.
0: Uh huh. I'm incredible, trying to remember. Incredible. I
1: think it was. I I think I was solidly in high school though. I think was I was it like a razor. A f- it wasn't a razor. It was like, was it a razor? I think my sister got a razor. Mm-hmm. No, did I? No, I remember the one I remember is just that Nokia that one piece. Okay. It had like the cool color cases, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then and then you get like you buy ringtones and stuff. That was a good memory too. That was like. I want to say like freshman or sophomore year. So what were some of your iconic gifts growing up then? Like the ones that were really just thrill-inducing.
0: That's a really good question. I honestly cannot remember that many from when I was younger. I remember I got a Super Nintendo at one point. But, like, I never got that into it. I think I only ever remember playing, like, the basic Super Mario and, like, never getting very far. Okay. Um, but
1: how did that feel? How did that feel? Because that that must have felt substantial. Like, that box was heavy, it right? It felt
0: like a big deal because my parents had also been very opposed to video games up to this point. So, right. Um, it's the
1: forbidden fruit.
0: It is. Yeah. yeah. It felt – I mean, I honestly have – the. I, I don't have a memory of opening it. So, that I, I don't think it made a huge impression. But I'm trying to think what did. I honestly can't remember. I just remember that as I got older, like as I got into like mid to late high school, I started asking for trips, like plane tickets. And like that was exciting.
1: Wow. When
0: I, you know, I wanted to go visit friends who were, you know, in Boston and in college, like going in college in Boston, like getting plane tickets for that. Like that was very exciting. Um,
1: I've never heard that being gifted as a gift.
0: Oh, my God. From like, from high school, from like late high school, like through college, it's like all I ever asked for was like flights. Yeah.
1: Your gifts, the gifts that you were asking for were experiences.
0: 100%. percent. Wow. And, I, and I, that's very, I think we've talked about this in a previous episode, but like, that's that's one way in which I'm thoroughly millennial. Like, I'm not that interested in things. Like, I've never mm-hmm. been interested in like labels or design or anything, but like, I'm very interested in experiences. So I don't like I don't like paying for things, but I I like I, I take the whatever money I save from like not buying things and like spend it on like trips or experiences. So Wow. Yeah. So like that's the stuff that I was like really excited about. And it's like it's not doesn't make for a very exciting opening experience, you know? Cause my mom my parents like they would like print out like a gift certificate they made <laughs> on like print shop or like Microsoft Word. <laughs> yeah. But that was the best.
1: Wow. Do you? I mean, it just seems like our parents do it so effortlessly, but do you think they also had the, these like, you know, when they were our age, like these freak out moments being like, angst. I don't know, it's angst and just like, yeah, I don't
0: know how to really do it. Really good question. I don't it, it's know. Something about
1: what you said about your parents like filling the tree and parents I feel like really, really specialize in this. You know, they like just fill the 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 tree under the tree with like. I mean, some some I'm, I imagine I don't I know how good your parents are as gift givers, but um, a lot of the gifts that I got from older people tended to be like way off the mark, but still yes. very appreciated. Yes. You know.
0: Yes. Yes. For sure. Yeah, no, my parents were, my parents are, I I love them, bless the effort, um, but generally not great gift givers. So, like, they've been asking us point blank for what we want for a very long time, for which I'm very grateful. But, yeah, did they have angst? I, I don't, I don't know that they did, Yeah, I don't really know the answer to that. I don't feel like they had the same angst around finding the perfect thing that I feel like people in our generation do. Do you know what Mm. I mean? Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Like,
0: I feel like I don't know if it's like a millennial parenting thing. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Because I also remember like Tickle Me Elmo being like so crazy 30 years ago. And, you know, (laughs) that wasn't a millennial thing. But I feel like we put all this pressure on like now on getting like the perfect gift. And I don't think my parents felt that. But I also feel like I don't know. My parents like are not the kind of people who like spend a lot of time thinking about it and like thinking about how excited we're going to be when we open it and then like can't wait for us to open it. You know what I mean? Like that's Mm -hmm. just like not really their bag. So yeah.
1: When you were talking about how you're gifting like once you had kids like your you know gifting lists like kind of mushroomed right? Yes. And it has a lot to do with like schools and like the staff and like the the kid adjacent, as you put yes, it, right? Yes. So I had a similar thing. So basically, um, my partner and I, we recently closed on an apartment in New York City. It's a big life thing for us. Yes. Um. So, you know, we were looking for months and then we finally closed. And um, we closed December 3rd, I think. So uh-huh. officially, we got our keys. Like We had the whole champagne, the whole shebang and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And then we realized, oh my gosh, this is right at the holidays. Yes. And there is a New York City thing. I'm not sure if it's a New York City thing only, but in New York City, tipping your concierge and your doorman and your porter and your super is kind of like, a it's expected Mm -hmm, and it's a thing. mm -hmm. And I realized that literally (laughs) these people who live there, live there all year Uh and they just bailed right before the holidays. And oh. it's like this awkward time now where we literally just moved in. We we're in the building for like a week or two, and now yeah. we're like, do we tip the staff? Like I I don't really know. And I think there was a Friends episode about this, right, where Ross moved into his apartment, uh-huh. and then they were like collecting money. the The building was collecting money for like a retirement gift for the the building's like super.
0: Oh man, I do not remember this episode, but <laughs> wow, I, think I can see the I can see the dilemma.
1: That's what it felt like. So Ross like was like, "Oh no, I just moved in here. I don't even mm-hmm. know this guy. You can't expect me to like give, like give money." And then of course, all these neighbors are like, "What a jerk!" And so right, he's right, like right. totally off on the right wrong foot. Yeah. I mean. Of course, we were going to tip the staff. Like, that's not even, that didn't even enter the question, but I was just like, ah, our timing. We should have done the thing. So then I never had any experience with this before. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what, I mean, what, what sounds right to you? (sighs) Okay. So there is, let me, let me break it down to you. There is, there is, there is a building resident manager. So he's the head of the staff. He's the one that's kind of like organizing staff schedules. He is hired by the board, the building's board. Okay. And the building's board is like comprised of residents of the building. Right, right. And um, yeah, he manages everything. He also responds to like, you know, he he's the one that just kind of like does everything.
0: So wait, this is like a regular resident who gets like promoted basically to being the resident manager?
1: No, so he's not a resident. He's like hired...
0: Oh, I see, I see. Okay, so he's not a neighbor. He doesn't live in the building, no, but no. he runs yeah. the ship. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. think of him
1: as the crew chief. Like, there's a crew, and sure. he's the chief, and he's like managing them and troubleshoots all kinds of issues. So there's that. Okay. There are three full-time, they call them concierges. Some buildings call them doormen. So these are the ones where you walk into the building, and they are the ones that receive the packages. Mm-hmm. They open doors for you. They run. They have a number of functions. They... Like you could leave the key, your key with them if you have a guest coming later. Um, you know, n- you know, receiving the packages is a big deal. That's a big thing because yeah, yeah um, they're and they're also kind of like informal security in the yes, sense that like sure. they know everybody who lives in the building. If there's someone who looks suspicious, then they're there. Yeah, and it's a 24 hour thing, so it's like mm. there's always someone sitting at that door.
0: Right, and there's there's multiple doormen.
1: There's multiple. So there are three full. Th- there's one that does the overnight shift. Okay, there's wow. one that does the daytime shift. And then there's one that does the evening shift. Okay. There's another one that does the swing shift. Now, I don't exactly know what that is. But swing shift, I think, covers the shifts between the main doormen okay. and also is the one that kind of can fill in. Right. The sub. The sub. Yeah. The, the utility player mm-hmm, concierge, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there are the porters who are... From what I understand, they're like, they do the kind of manual labor of the building. So they do like the maintenance, the, you know, if there's like a, you know, like they, they come, you know, put the, they deal with the trash, the building's trash and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they're more junior. Okay. And then there's a handyman. Okay. So the handyman is like the guy who you call to try to like, if there's anything, little minor fixes that you need in your building that you fix. Okay. Okay. So all told, it's eight people that kind okay. of run things in this building. That's, That's our building. That's, That's our helpful. building. And I had to learn all of this, by the way. This isn't just something that I know. Like right. within <laughs> the, within the one or two weeks, this is like, seriously, I moved in and then I was like, oh, my God, we have to do this. And so yeah. I put on my like sociologist hat and I'm like, who does what?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, what is the function? What is the hierarchy? Mm-hmm. What's the understanding? Because, okay, anyways, I'll, I'll pause there. God. What do you what do what do you think? What's your instinct in terms of who gets what?
0: I feel like their job might not be the highest in like terms of the org chart, but I feel like the doorman, you really got to take care of
1: mm-hmm. because
0: they are the ga- the literal gatekeepers. yep. and I feel like they're taking care of your stuff, they're keeping your place safe. You see them every single day. I feel like you got to tip them big like 500 to 1,000. I would not be surprised. I'm also trying to account for the fact that it's New York. Yeah. And so I'm like, I feel like in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that might be insane, but I feel like in New York, like I would, I think multiple hundreds of dollars is like a minimum.
1: Whoa. Okay.
0: I could be wrong. I mean, I'm just throwing <laughs> darts here. And I'm also like, these are people like, this isn't, even though you don't know them, this is, I feel like different from the Ross situation in that like, you are going to be working with these people long term. This is an investment, right? uh uh-huh. And you want to make a good first impression. So, um, and then I don't know about everybody else. I feel like everybody else, I don't know, low three figures.
1: So this is a honestly like an ongoing conversation with like, like groups of friends in New York, for example, who I live bet. in these kind of buildings. It's like, yeah. how much for you? And yeah. you're always collecting information. And each <laughs> building is different. Each building yeah, is yeah. different because if you have a, if you live in a building that has like 20 staff, yeah, you, you could easily like, based on the numbers you just cited, you, you're just going to go broke. There's no way totally, you could totally, do that. Totally,
0: totally, right? yeah.
1: But you're right about the doormen, right? The doormen are, you gotta, you gotta be taking care of them and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but then there are these. If you go, if you Google it, there are these really, really helpful guides. And I think that that's the thing that's missing. Oh, I don't know. I, I didn't Google what it's like to tip like school staff. I don't know uh-huh. if you did. Um, no, I
0: should have. Now that you mentioned it, I'm like Google exists.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what's interesting is that for for that situation, it's gifts, right? Whether it's personal or gift cards, but it's gifts. This is straight up cash. Right. Yeah. You, i was surprised. It was like – so there are websites where you just go in, you type in things like how many units are in your building, mm. how many building staff, uh, around what part of New York are you it's in. It's a and
0: calculator?
1: Yeah. It's, oh, it, it's, my
0: God. Bless whoever made this. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it.
1: And what it's based on, it's based on a survey of door people or building staff.
0: <gasps>
1: and so it's actually based on data, like Actual how much people – like receive in general for the holidays, and so it's oh like my god, so helpful, and it's much much lower. Like you'll be surprised, it's much lower. Okay, than than what the numbers you you were talking about. Okay, so, great,
0: that's great. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so we 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 use that. We use multiple sites, and it kind of generated around around a few things. So first of all, you also have to consider who has seniority mm. in the doorman core. So okay. there are those who have been there; they're more senior, right?
0: Oh my God, you have to enter the years of service for every doorman. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very complex algorithm, Christopher.
1: It is, 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 I think that's more by feel, though. But basically, there's a hierarchy. So, basically, the more senior door people, there are like you, you generally tip a bit more. Okay. The resident manager, you tip the most. Really? And then it's the door, of course, the doorman in order of seniority. And then it's the porters. And of course, the porters, it's like, you know, typically they're kids that are going to school, so you want to look out for them too.
0: College kids, high school kids, what kind of
1: Like college kids, yeah, college kids, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and then even with our building is mid mid-sized, so like eight people, right? Mm -hmm. But like, for example, if you give $100 each, which isn't what we did, but if you do that, that's already almost $1,000, right, for the holidays. And so it's, yeah, it really adds up if you do it. And so it was a whole two-week thing. So we literally moved in, and it was like for two weeks, we're just agonizing over who gets what, and and then there's this whole other layer, of not just seniority, but there is things where certain doormen are like your quote unquote favorite, right?
0: Yes, yes. And so
1: you exactly. want to like look after them or whatever. And there's all these tiers, and so coming up with that number, and then there is the fact that we just moved in, so we can't mm-hmm. necessarily. There is a balance where we're not going to give the full thing that we normally would give. But it's like we literally just got there and it's mm-hmm. like we're we're doing this So we're like maybe it's just understood that we're just going to, you know, streamline it this year and like next year will be the the real deal or whatever. But
0: wow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is
0: so fascinating. And this is I can to- it totally makes sense to me why you spent weeks agonizing about this because this isn't like, okay, if I don't give a gift to my kid's teacher, yeah. she's not going to deny my child an education.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah. if you don't tip your resident manager, he can make your life very difficult. Totally. So I the calculus has real ramifications. It's not just like a nice gesture So I, and being new to the process too, I would also, this would be so fucking stressful.
1: Yeah, because you're, okay, because if you think about it, so if it's, let's say, just take $500 for a doorman, right? Mm -hmm. There are 70 residents in that building. Mm. If they were, I mean, obviously, they're not all tipping probably, but like if all of them Gave somewhere even close to five hundred, like this guy would just retire. (laughs) You know what I mean? So the numbers, yeah, it's like when you say five hundred to thousand, I dang, and it, it totally makes sense coming from you, Liz. Like you're the you're the one out there doing tea infusers for people and all this kind of thing. So you are a much more generous spirit than i think most people No
0: like no 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 i'm not generous i'm just complete i had no anchors <laughs> truly no anchors and truly no experience i have yeah i have no idea
1: you could be right though i'm not even i'm not even sure if cuz i think these websites are probably a good gauge and then you talk to friends and so you come up with like you have a little bit of a ballpark like i think my friends in brooklyn for example they gave their resident manager 250 Mm-hmm. Which, from what everything I've read and all the friends that I've talked to, was re- on the high end. Mm. Two hundred and fifty was pretty high mm-hmm. because imagine they're they're just one unit. Like if everyone in that building gave that person around two hundred and fifty, that mm-hmm. that that's like an incredible bonus. This is yeah. like yeah yeah that's like a lot of money right there. Um yeah so yeah it was it was just interesting going through that process you know for the first time yeah it's like being there for like a week or two and then like.
0: And then being like thrown into this world and being like, like, what? I have to do what? And who does what? Like, what, like a, like just being thrown into the deep dive of like, into the deep end of.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Manhattan life.
1: Totally. So that's like a new, it's like, it's so interesting, this theme of new life stage, Mm -hmm. new gift giving responsibilities and, you know, and ideas and concepts, right?
0: Yes, I agree. And I totally agree with you on the like, I think for me, because this is my first time having a kid in elementary school, plus the kid in preschool, like I just did not, I was not ready for the sheer number of like of gifts. But now, I have the imagination for it. I will start a spreadsheet. (laughs) I will start an inspiration list. Uh, I feel like I have a better sense of what to do going forward. So. We will be oh, ready next year. God, we'll be ready next year. Let it be less stressful, please. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: I feel like we ironed some stuff out there. I hope that was therapeutic.
0: That really was therapeutic. Yeah. And I really appreciate you normalizing my experience and actually one uh, doing me one better in terms of presenting the situation you did because now I actually feel like mine is much more manageable. So thank
1: you. Oh, yes. I'm glad to help. I'm glad to help. <laughs> Let's move on to more, a uh, lighter fare here.
0: Seriously, less stressful.
1: Yes, it's the return of our top five celebrity crushes by yes. popular demand.
0: Uh, by popular demand, we mean our own demand. This That's is what right. we want to talk about.
1: That's why we have a podcast, basically. Mm-hmm. So. It's true. It's yeah. true. <laughs> so I will go first. How about that? I am
0: thrilled. I'm so excited.
1: And I, I tried to stay. I, I think my former top five still is valid. I mean, it's still... Pretty much up there, but I try to go with five new names.
0: Really? You didn't have to. Okay. That's super interesting because mine has turned over like seven times. I think my old list, I could like completely light on fire.
1: Oh, wow. People
0: mean nothing to me at this point. Wow. I know. What does that say about me? I don't know.
1: Wow. Okay, I love it. Seasons yeah. change.
0: Seasons. It's my, se- <laughs>
1: but my crushes do not. Um, <laughs> so five new ones. Okay. Um, all right, number five. So I have like, I think I'm in the season of like fashion. I like.
0: Ooh. Okay.
1: Fashion is really doing it for me, and mine it's it's the main reason why number five. Is working for me is Anya Uh Taylor Joy.
0: Oh, whoa! What an interesting choice.
1: She of the Queen's Gambit fame.
0: Oh yeah, and she's got like such a unique look, both in terms of her like her features and her fashion.
1: Yeah, and it's the fashion that's really like it's it's. I find it strange sometimes, and I Uh find I find I find her strange. Oh yeah, and Queen's Gambit. Like, I couldn't really take my eyes off of her because she was so, like, mm-hmm. mesmerizing in strange mm-hmm. ways. And then her whole, like, she starts off as, like, a as an orphan. And so she was, like, wearing, like, you know, schlubby clothes and her haircut was wonky. Mm-hmm. And then as she gained in celebrity, she became much more, obviously, stylish and, mm-hmm. like, you know, this and that and that. And you could just kind of see how someone just who looks exactly the same just transforms just mm-hmm. based on those things.
0: Ooh, like a she's all that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Except even with she's all that. I felt like she even when she was a quote unquote nerd, she still looked pretty. Yeah, she cute. was
0: clearly gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Whereas
1: with Anya Taylor Joy, I, I do think that when she was in her schlubby phases early on, like you, you can tell that she was attractive, but it, they did a much better job of masking all of it because mm. they gave her a really, really horrendous haircut
0: mm. uh, in the beginning. Yeah, oh, okay.
1: And then she just like flipped it later. Anyways, so, like, she's, you know, uh, the algorithm algorithm has me. So, she, like, often makes an appearance on my Instagram. Uh-huh. And every time she's just wearing something just way out of left field, and I'm yes. just like, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into it. I get it. That's my number five. My number four, I'm stealing. one from uh-huh. one from your list. Uh-huh. Miss Gemma.
0: Oh, God.
1: Gemma yes. Chan. yes. Who honestly was not, like... On the face of it, is not really my type exactly.
0: In what way?
1: I don't know. Just she, like, I of course she's gorgeous and beautiful and all this kind of thing, but not like in a like she wouldn't have been in my top five until I saw the again the fashion part Mm, the way she like rocks everything and then and then I saw her in um, I keep referencing this movie Let Them All Speak I think with Meryl uh, yes
0: yes Meryl
1: Streep yeah Uh and I watched that and I'm like. Something clicked watching her and it just like, it was like, I get it now, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I get it. Because like she's also, I have a thing for accents. Oh, yeah. And so she's British. um, Mm -hmm. And so put it all together. Yeah. And it's like the the full package. Yeah,
0: yeah. And just like casually Cambridge educated, whatever, no big deal.
1: All of it. All of it. The intelligence, the just Mm -hmm. like the chic grace and all of this kind of thing. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I missed it before.
0: Uh-huh. It might have been because I
1: only saw her like in blue makeup or something. I think she was like in <laughs> Captain Marvel and all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was green and in something else. But I get it now. You
0: get it now.
1: Yeah. Ugh, accents still does mm-hmm. it for me. <laughs> Speaking of accents, oh.
0: number number three, uh-huh.
1: Lupita Nyong'o.
0: Oh, yeah. hmm hmm God, talk about a fashion Icon. Icon. Oh, my God. it's it, 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 What the sentence I'm about to say is very strange, but when she was making the red carpet rounds for 12 Years a Slave, every look destroyed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And her... I mean, it's like... Also, there's this thing, I think, like... There's, like, colorism even within that whole black celebrity circle, right? Mm-hmm, like, the ones mm-hmm. that get elevated are tend to be maybe, like, lighter skin mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I think Lupita, the fashion... Like plays off of her skin, and she's like making her skin color beautiful. You know, yeah, I think that. Like, that is really, really important. I think, like you know,
0: mm-hmm. um, in in
1: our whole discourse around um, like inclusion and all these things, like colorism is something that often doesn't come up. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Lu- Lupita is often the one I think I see I see kind of in the forefront of that conversation.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. that's a great choice.
1: Yeah. Um so yeah, three fashion icons there. Mm-hmm. My number 2 is just straight up icon. Uh-huh. Michelle Yao.
0: Oh, yes. wow. Just yes. an icon. Just a regular icon.
1: Just icon. I yeah. think she's achieved like she's just she, she's achieved I think in the last few years like a pantheon kind of status for me. For sure. And it's like it it kind of like she, she she established herself. Like she was in like the James Bond movies, she was in Crouching Tiger, she was all around badass. And then and then it's kind of like, you know, obviously she was steady stream of work, and then there was the um crazy rich Asians. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at some point now, if she's in anything, I'm paying attention.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: And I don't know, she's just a queen, and she doesn't get I don't know. I feel like among Asians, she's queen. I feel like. For
0: sure. No question.
1: She needs to be up there just overall, you know?
0: That's why, like, casting her in that role in Crazy Rich Asians was so genius because, yeah. like, that's that's who she is. She is the matriarch. She's the ring we all kiss. Yes. She's the queen. Queen. That was such good casting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So that's my number two. Mm-hmm. Um, my number one, I'm returning back to my whole fashion thing uh-huh, phase of life.
0: Uh-huh.
1: My number one is Zendaya. Whoa.
0: <laughs> Love way, this for
1: you. Way, way too young. <laughs> um, so not not a crush in a real sense. But talk about I mean Anya Taylor Joy was like very prevalent around the time of the Queen's Gambit, but I think right now the fashion spotlight is Firmly fixed on Zendaya. Firmly. I think she is the one. Anything yes. she wears, any red carpet she adorns, mm-hmm. it is she's stealing the show.
0: Yes, one hundred percent. Do you know who her stylist is? Who he is? This man. I don't know what his actual name is, but on Instagram he's Luxury Law. He is this like iconic black stylist, and he. I I love that you mentioned this because. He knows his history. So like, I think for, I don't remember what it was for, but like earlier in the summer, he put her in the same dress that Beyonce wore to like the 2003 M- Grammys. And just like the, the, putting those two in conversation, the parallels you draw, like it was so brilliant. She wore the hell out of it. Like, God, yeah, she's iconic. Everything he puts her in, she looks amazing. in. she wears the hell out of everything. She's beautiful. She's stupid, talented. She and Tom Holland had that whole like, are they in a relationship? Are they not? She just, she's got the intrigue. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. She's got the intrigue. Like, she is totally, like, she is the moment for sure.
1: She was in Dune.
0: She was she's... in Dune and she's in Spider Man. So she is yeah. the moment.
1: She is the moment. And yeah. yeah, she's like flooded my, again, I, it's never like, I never typed zendai in my instagram ever mm-hmm. and yet she's like flooded my instagram she's everywhere and it's like so many different looks and she's yeah. just rocking all of them and i'm glad you mentioned this stylist because i think that's like half the equation here because
0: 100
1: just wears colors beautifully like everything just everything yeah. just perfect pitch perfect yeah it's yeah. number one again oh. too young too young so yeah. don't take me serious on this but yeah you know
0: Oh my gosh! What a great list! Thank
1: you. It's a very, it's a very colorful in terms of fashion list, you know. Yeah,
0: no, and I love this lens that you've like put on this. Like, I feel like there's like there's thematically this list really hangs together. I love it.
1: Thank you. All right, let's hear it. Top okay, five. I'm top excited.
0: Five. Um, my number five is Lewis Hamilton.
1: Wow. Are you familiar with Lewis Hamilton? I am familiar, and I what a what a. What a great choice. Oh, thank Let, tell you. the people Tell the people of America about Lewis Hamilton.
0: Okay, so I did not know who he was until there was like a Netflix series that was more or less about him. He is like the most famous Formula One driver. He's the best driver of his generation. Um, he's top of mind for me because he basically just lost the world championship for this Formula One season on a heartbreak of a race. Did you did you watch? Like, were you following that at all?
1: I didn't watch. I watched the finish and I read the headlines, yes. Oh, yeah.
0: devastating. So, like, my spouse, after watching this documentary, is, like, into it. So he yeah. watched it and it was just, like... He was, like, devastated. Oh. I, like, in a way that I have not seen from my spouse ever at a recording <laughs> wow. event. Um, I am not going to do it justice. So just, like, basically the whole season came down to the final race, which almost never happens. And it was highly controversial the decisions Mm. that were made and it cost Lewis Hamilton the title and like he has spoken pretty plainly about like the racism that he's experienced being on this like being part of this like lily white circuit and like you you can't not wonder Mm -hmm. if that played a part in the decision making So anyway, um, but he, so he's like, you know, this iconic driver, but he's also done, he's, he's also crossed over into the mainstream in a way that I don't know that any other formula one driver ever has, like, not just in terms of, um, endorsements, but like he, you know, he's rolling with athletes of all kinds. He's got, you know, he's like into fashion, he's into like clean living and veganism. And like, I just feel like he's He's really kind of like a mainstream celebrity now. He's also Mm -hmm. like very vocal about Black Lives Matter. Um, He has a brother who has cerebral palsy, who is also like who like races in a circuit as well. And he like goes to all of his races, which I think is so cute. So Lewis Hamilton, beautiful man, also seems like a good guy. It was exceptionally gracious after this loss, too. I was really impressed because I would be like so mad. Yeah. But he was gracious and um, a much bigger person than I would have been. So wow, Lewis we're Hamilton. off
1: to a stunning start. Oh, yes. thanks, yes. thanks.
0: Okay, uh, my number four is Jason Sudeikis.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, yes. So
0: I have been watching SNL since I was in sixth grade, so 1994, and when he came around, I have to say that I did not. It, I, it surprised me that he was like kind of seen as like this super attractive man. I didn't really get it, but he kept ending up with like super like gorgeous women. So like mm-hmm. he dated January Jones for a long time, he was with Olivia Wilde for a long time. So I was like, I guess there's something there. Right. But then Ted Lasso happened where he is like <laughs> full on big mustache like dressed like Jim Harbaugh. So it's not it's not the um it's they're not they're not trying to present him in like a particularly appealing fashion.
1: It's not the most flattering look. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Yeah. But I think just seeing like the depth of his range as an actor has been, has just like, I I feel like I see him in a completely new way. And I think this is true for a lot of people too, because we all knew he was a comedic genius, but like, as we've said on the podcast before, just like the depths of his comedic or his dramatic talent, stunning. Like, truly had no idea and so and i feel like you know because like the kindness thing like the warmth and like i just i feel like all of that um i feel like has really raised jason Sudeikis' stock and you know he looks great in a pair of glasses he's a good looking man so uh he's my number four i am certain that we would have nothing to talk about in real life
1: Oh, I'm sure that's Um, not true.
0: I'm pretty sure. Having listened to several interviews with him, I'm like, I don't think we have anything to talk about. But he seems like a genuinely (laughs) good dude, in addition to being very talented and very handsome. so um, My number three is Tohib Jimo, who plays Sam Obisanya on Ted Lasso.
1: Oh, my God. First, I was like, who? And then all we have to say is Sam. And I get it. Yeah. I get it. What a smile.
0: Oh, what a smile.
1: What a haircut.
0: What a handsome man (laughs) who also wears the hell out of clothes um, looking at his his Instagram account. So I'm going to be honest. I know nothing about him. And it's more than likely that my crush is just on Sam Obasanya because he is so (laughs) sweet. Oh, my God. Just like what a lovable character he is. So sweet. So earnest. Adore him. So, um, yeah, I again. Love it. Probably just a crush on Sam Obisanya, but he, Sam his, forever.
1: His smile alone got him on number three.
0: Truly, truly. Okay. Um. My number two is Dan Levy. So I'm not usually one to crush on gay men, but I watched It's Creek, and David Rose just sank his talents right into me. <laughs> Even though he is like such an unlikable character at the beginning. Like, something about like Dan Levy's own personal charm and, like, innate goodness just, like, really infuses this character. So even though, like, he's, like, very prickly and, like, difficult in a lot of ways. Like, he just, he, he, Dan Levy gives him, like, such a vulnerability mm. and a likability that is just, like, completely winning. So, um... That was where Dan Levy came onto my radar. I think he is the cutest. He's got that little crooked smile. Someone One interview called it like a little tilde of a smile, which I thought was perfect. A <laughs>
1: tilde of a smile.
0: Um, but he is stupid talented, you know, like acting in this show, show running this show like this whole thing is his vision and i feel like it's infused with like his own like kindness and warmth Mm. and generosity he does so much activism for the lgbtqia community and also for the indigenous community in canada like really encouraging people to learn going through courses himself and yeah i just feel like he's a good person. And he talks a lot about being from Toronto and like how LA is hard because no one is nice and I was like I just I relate to that on a molecular level.
1: <laughs>
0: and um yeah, so I feel I feel a kinship with Dan Levy. Also on his GQ 10 things I can't live without, his number 1 is boba. And so Dan Levy loves the Asians.
1: He loves the Asians. Loves the Asians. Love he's from
0: Toronto, he gets it. So uh okay, and my number 1, Kerry Fukunaga.
1: Still <laughs> holding it holding it down just
0: holding it down every other two through five has changed, like probably five times since the last <laughs> time, every single position. But number one remains Carrie Fukunaga.
1: kind of want to slow clap
0: i you, you know, yeah. I mean, we're in the wake of his big superstar moment. so he, you know, he is also top of mind. But like, he is he just he's infuriating. He is so talented. The way that movie was shot was incredible. And he looks like that. It just isn't right. And since the last time, so the last time I made this list, I had like this list of like beautiful people who were also like altruistic and had done great things for society. And I was like, I don't know if we can say that for Carrie Fukunaga. But since the last recording, he started this um this scholarship at NYU where he went to film school that's specifically for filmmakers of color. And so like he is funding like scholarships and projects for filmmakers of color. So I'm like, Fukunaga, God Fukunaga, goddammit, you're also a good person using your influence and cash to like center artists who have historically not been centered.
1: Damn you, Fukunaga. So- <laughs> it's too much
0: (laughs) yes so he's still number one he's still number one
1: I think there's a common theme so talent is one Mm -hmm. and more importantly being a good person that's what it takes to be on Liz's top five yes
0: that's true Oh my God, Chris! I love all of our top fives, but the celebrity crush top five <laughs> is the one to rule them all. This has it's been it's about. really the
1: foundation of our podcast. It actually. is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is real. Yeah, that is real. Um, what should we talk? What should we talk about next time? How are we going to follow this up?
1: Well, somehow we've survived twenty twenty one. Oh my um, God,
0: how? How? <sighs>
1: feel like we just said the same thing last year and i can't Ed. believe we're saying it again this saying year it again. saying
0: it again
1: um so yeah we have the new year coming up 2022 mm-hmm. um we're i think last year we talked about our hopes for the world but i think we're just gonna go with a good old-fashioned new year's resolution
0: Love it. Love it. Top
1: five New Year's resolutions.
0: Okay. And that will encourage me to do some actual reflection.
1: Yeah. We should check in on each other, you know? We should. Yeah. So it's like, you know, March. It's like, how's your resolution number three going?
0: Yeah. 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 For sure. Okay. So we're going to document it. I mean, public accountability here.
1: That's so everyone will know. Yes. Yeah. Exactly.
0: All right. This was fun.
1: This was fun. Let's do it again.
0: See you in a certain number of weeks.
1: (laughs) I think I messed you up on that
0: one.